Welcome to the Four Freedom Podcast. I found my freedom in you. I found a joy I can't lose. And thank God it's true. You wrapped your arms around me. And heaven broke through from the moment you found me. I found my freedom in you. This podcast exists bring the freedom of the gospel for everyday Christians with everyday issues. Now here are your hosts, John Hollyfield and James Seyfried. Welcome back to the Four Freedom Podcast. This is your host, James Seyfried, and John Hollyfield's back with us. John, I will say that last week it was very different, very unique, just me talking into a microphone with no one else, not an interview, not a co-host. Uh, no one there to bounce ideas off of. I know you had some questions for me about Israel uh, that you were going to sort of tag along as we talked through it, and that never even happened. I just sort of talked through uh, all of our events uh, that we did, and it was a great trip. And me and Brett Martin are locked in, confirmed going back to Israel in March of next year. So one year from now, we're getting our trip planned, getting it promoted, uh, letting people know about how they can go. And so you'll be seeing some of that as well. Uh, John, we're trying to talk him into going with us. Uh, we hope he can go. Uh, probably not. He's he's busy time, senior pastor, lead pastor. He doesn't have time for the hoi polloi little guys that are around here. Hoi and polloi. So we, hoi polloi. <clears throat> but uh, John, how have you been the last couple of days, man? Um, good. Just staying busy. Our Our family went through the stomach bug. So that's never fun. That's like misery on earth. And so uh, that, 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 that's done. But yeah, I hate missing that. Um, but I listened to it. It was good. Now you know what it was like for me for the first uh, several episodes when I started this thing before you, you got on there for 20 episodes. Uh, but it, it was, it was, it was, it was very, very cool. Very good. So you are, you're, you're, you're going back next March. Going it's, back, man. Yeah. Me, me and Brett have been talking back and forth about it. And, uh, we locked it in, met with uh, with the lady that is putting up the trip, and uh, so we are we're ready to go, man. He's he's promoting his church. I think he's having an informational meeting the nineteenth uh, at his church, and I'm going to be uh, promoting it on my end at my church. And any friends and family want to go, it's not just for our church. Uh, I may have some other friends outside of the church to go with us as well. So uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to a great time. Uh, spending time with Brett, me and him are going to be the leaders of it. So we're going to be doing the teaching and the uh, the, the at the different sites. So that's going to be an amazing time, and so I can't wait to go back to experience that again. And we're doing different. We're not doing all the same sites. We're adding a couple of new sites every day. Uh, so some places I didn't get to go. So it'll be a great great time. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens next year. I don't know. I just wanted to cut back. I traveled a lot. Uh, went to a lot of places last year, and I wanted to cut back on that. So just trying to trying to stay home, and and um, I, I'm more of a homebody anyway, so I like that. Well, we are well, we in. Just, before we get started, we just finished our marriage series. Okay, um, yeah. we're jumping to our next stuff. So what what was your big takeaway on marriage? Going through that process, talking with Jim. Talk, and I don't putting you on the spot here, but uh, it just came to mind. How, you know, what what was your thoughts? Did you get have you gotten any feedback? I know me and my wife were going on a marriage retreat here this next week. We're going to be teaching through some stuff that we'd studied uh, in marriage. 
Um, and so we're trying to implement some things in our marriage, trying to, uh, you know, strengthen our marriage, even at this point, been married, uh, May will be 12 years. Uh, so, so what is, what's your thought, uh, leaving marriage, going into this next topic of study here for the next couple of weeks, what's your thoughts? Well, we also went to a marriage retreat and, uh, okay. talking about that and then, and then doing that. So Mary and I are going, we, one, one night a week, we, we go through, uh, uh, she's got a book about wives. I got a book about husbands. We go through it together, chapter by chapter, and discuss what uh, we learned and um, and dis- discuss what we learned. Sorry, I was checking my microphone. I don't know. Just noticed something sounded different, but it um, seems like everything's okay there. Uh, but we're just discussing. We, we, we discuss some things, but I, I, I think that one of the things that's been... Um, just just the gospel impact in your relationship with 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 your spouse um are you able to to see the the gospel implications um in relating to one another you look at the things that uh, uh if you summed up the gospel and uh, asked somebody one time sum up the gospel in, in a word and they some you know what are some things some one word aspects that come from the 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 crucifixion of Christ on the cross and they were like humility mercy grace sacrifice i said okay all right so where are you instituting that in your marriage hmm. it's like a practice gospel centered uh aspects of your marriage christ died on the cross Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ in me. So where are you sacrificing? Where are you practicing humble submission? Uh, uh, And I'm speaking of both. I mean, uh, Philippians 2. You know, he humbled himself to the point of death, the death of the cross. Mm -hmm. So where are you humbling yourself? What are you experiencing or exhibiting mercy or grace to your spouse? And so those things have been ever on my mind. So just a gospel-centered aspect of marriage. Love it. Love it. And we're, you know, going through the same thing. I think for me, I've just been trying to be more vulnerable, let my wife correct me uh, in a way of, you know, hey, what are some ways that, that I've, you know, not done right? What are some ways that I can be a better husband? What are some ways that you can see uh, that I need to improve on? And just trying to be vulnerable in that relationship, <clears throat> giving her that that ability to, you know, not that she didn't have it before, but just making the intentional time to ask those questions. No, uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. You're not saying that to like, I now allow my wife to do this. Yeah, but it, yeah. there is a there is an aspect in a relationship whether somebody's willing to listen. Yeah, and that's what you mean. It's 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 not it, it, what you're saying is like, okay, she should be doing this, but you know, if the person's not willing to hear you, or they're just going to be argumentative every time you do, you're not going to tell them. You're not going to do that part. But if you're willing to listen, if that person is willing to hear you and, and take that in, then it gives the other person in a relationship the freedom to to do express and, and, and approach you and that kind of thing. So, I, I, yeah, that's good. So, I've John, heard, James, I've often heard that one of the best uh, things you can do in your marriage is um, is love each other in front of your children 
In fact, I've heard somebody mm-hmm. say that one of the best parenting advices they can give is loving each other in front of your children. So as we transition from marriage to parenting, so we're in March. These episodes are going to come out March. Transition, John. Man, seg way. You would you would think we've done this for a couple of years by now if you just segue like that, man. Well, if you listen to other episodes, you think they just started. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we want to we want to use this month and, and discuss and 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 have uh, to, our discussion be centered around uh, working with children and parenting and uh, and so that's what we're gonna we're gonna talk about for the next couple of weeks. And we have an interview lined up talk, working with, with children that have been hurt. And uh, so we want to talk about this subject of working with children. You know, whenever you become a parent, I'm talking about believers here. I think when a believer becomes, uh, realizes they're going to become a parent, there should be this, this sense inside of them that they want to do things right. They, you know, you are now being trusted with this life or with yeah. many lives. And you want to know what you can do to help raise this child the best way possible and there is no shortage james of uh, books and how-to guides and formulas out there to tell you how to be the parent and turn out great kids absolutely and you know i think that every parent in every situation and john i wouldn't i would go as far as to say not even as parenting but in marriage when it comes to being a good husband, we are, if we want to be good at it, we're going to study, we're going to try to find, okay, what what men have been successful, what men have been a, a husband for 60 years and their wives love them, they love each other, they've had these, let's study after them, let's see what we can emulate from them. And that's a natural part of our human nature, we're mimetic by, by nature, God created us to mimic people, and uh, you can see this in every area of our life, the way we talk, the way we act, the way we walk. And so what happens is we begin to get in this mindset when it comes to parenting. Okay, what did John do as a parent? What did Spurgeon, whoever, what did they do as a parent? And so how can we mimic that so that our kids can turn out the same way? Yeah. And we we get to this this formula mindset where we want to say, okay, if I can do X, Y, and Z, my kids are going to turn out as A kids. Mm-hmm. And this is the problem sometimes that it comes in parenting because where being a husband is a little bit different than raising a kid and, and training up a kid the way the Bible says that we should do it. Um, and, and I'm a math guy. I love math. Math makes sense in my mind. A squared plus B squared is going to equal C squared in a triangle. Okay. So when it comes to parenting, we have this same mindset of formulas. Okay, what can I do? What formulas can I interject into my parenting, into my marriage, that is going to help my kids be the perfect kids that they can turn out to be? You know, one of our friends and and guests, uh, previous guests, uh, uh, Jim, Dr. Jim Neuheiser, wrote a little book that I think is an absolutely excellent resource. He, he titled it, Parenting is More Than a Formula. And he really gets at the heart of this thing. I mean, you've, you've probably, if you're listening, you, maybe you've seen books like uh, Growing Kids God's Way or, or other uh, James Dobson's parenting material or, or those books out there like um, uh, some, some really bad ones uh, like uh, Mike and Debbie Pearls to train up a child. And, and they, they give these ways that uh, you do this and your kids will turn out right. But there's there's a little bit of problem with that. 
Because even experience tells us that uh, sometimes you do those things and the kids don't actually turn out like they, like they say that they should. Um, yeah. A lot of these formulas, they may base it on a passage of Scripture, but then there's so much nuance to it. It's like, okay, they've totally left Scripture behind. Now they're just throwing out practical advice. And, and some of that advice might work for one kid, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for another kid. Some of the advice is just downright terrible. Hmm. It, it's, it's downright awful. Um, but I think that starting off, we as parents have got to exercise discernment when it comes to examining a lot of these child training formulas. Um, Jim Neuheiser gives a couple of things here, and I'm gonna, he's got another thing on nine points of legalistic parent, parenting that I want to go through in just a second. But he says, anecdotal stories do not prove that a formula works. How many times have you heard somebody say, well, we did this with our child. You know, we, whenever we were potty training, we used M&Ms. We did. Me and my wife did it. It, it worked great with our kids, okay? <laughs> and then I heard people say, don't use M&Ms. You're teaching them some kind of, you know. Witchcraft. Well, you know what? Yeah, witchcraft. <laughs> uh, you can use Skittles. You can use no candy whatsoever, okay? Uh, there is no Bible that says that you should or should not use that as a formula to, to teach your child potty training. You know, some people say you shouldn't potty train your child until they're uh, uh, two years old. Or some say that you you better potty train them at two years old if you're waiting until after two-year-olds. You know what? Some kids aren't ready at two. Yeah. And some kids are ready before they're two. (laughs) And so we get locked in, and I think there's this pressure. And if I – let me say it this way if I can be real specific. I think there's a lot of pressure on moms. I think moms carry around this pressure, this guilt that they must do this parenting this way. And if they only do it this way, then it then it will please God. You know, another aspect of of realm of that, I think, James, is in the realm of of education, how you're supposed to educate your kids. You know, if you want to please God, you will not send them to public school. If you want to please God, you won't send them to a Christian school. (laughs) Bless God, you'll homeschool them. Okay, show me a verse in the Bible where it says that you're supposed to do Christian schooling over uh, public schooling, homeschooling over Christian schooling and public schooling. You know, you've just stepped out. Now, is there wisdom in some of those areas and, and, and choosing what's right? Yeah, but I mean, I think we can get some of the skills. Some people just don't have those types of options for them. I mean, James, mm-hmm. what did you, where, where did you graduate from? Uh, I graduated from public school, went to public school all 12 years of my education, uh, left from there, went to Bible college in Arkansas, went to a Christian college there, and just got my level one certification through ACBC, uh, IBCD. Whoop, so, whoop, yeah. Whoop, whoop. Come on. But what I'm saying is, is, is you graduated from a public school. Did you turn did, out yeah. terrible? Are you a terrible human being? In fact, I, I am. I am. Wicked beyond all imagination. Yes. I really, I mean, I'm sinful, man. I, no, I, I know. I know what you're saying. Yeah. But I mean, but I know what you're asking too. Yeah, we, uh, you know, I, I, there were choices that I made that were bad. There were choices that I made that were good. Uh, but again, that falls on me as making those choices in those mm-hmm. situations. I uh, graduated from I, a Christian school. 
And I was tempted in ways that you would never be tempted in a Christian school versus a public school setting. But I can also take you to guys that graduated from the same Christian school that I did around the same time that I did. Yeah. Went completely the opposite direction. Exactly. I can point you to kids that went that were homeschooled. Now, now look at us in our parenting. All right. You graduated from a public school. I graduated from a Christian school. You're sending your kids to a Christian school. I'm sending, I'm homeschooling my kids. Right. And there's nothing in the Bible that says I'm more right than you or you're more the right than me. You're probably just more insane than me, but that's fine. <laughs> well, it, a lot of it falls, uh, most of it, all of it falls on my wife, really. But uh, uh, she's, she's really doing the job there. But I mean, she's, and she does a fantastic job. But I think a lot of these legalistic like requirements fall on these things of people saying, I must do this, I must do this if I'm going to please God or I'm going to do this. You know, and I, it, when it comes down to it, I think a lot of it is, is really an individual's choice. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Um, you know, and as we think through these things, we uh, can – I want to go back to one thing you said, the, the guilt thing that, that happens on moms specifically, and sometimes dads, it depends on the – the relationship there, but this guilt can be so overwhelming that we begin to compare, especially in the world of social media, we begin to compare every single little iota that we do as parenting. And, you know, someone will say, you know, if you're not canning your vegetables this way, if you're not doing this the right way, all of a sudden we begin to get caught up in this comparison moment where, well, so-and-so's family is doing this. And uh, it, it can be a huge, huge guilt factor when it comes to going through parenting. Uh, one thing that I liked how uh, Jim Newhouser said is that he encourages us to be good Bereans when listening to him or anyone else who tries to tell you how to parent your kids. Um, we need to go to scripture. We need to say, okay, uh, am I doing, am I training up my kids in a way that is pleasing and honoring to God? From that point, just as me and John just said, we are going to make our own decisions. As John illustrated, people from his class, people from my class, went crazy. Even in public school, even in Christian school, even in homeschool, they went off the deep end, off to the left. They followed the world. They followed, even though they were raised in good, solid Christian homes. I'm not saying everyone, but some did that. Some followed the Lord and are still following the Lord today and are still in church and still active and raising their kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And so we've got to ask ourselves, okay, the advice that I'm given Am I saying I am parenting my kids the way that God has asked me to parent my kids? John, go ahead. Listen to some of these quotes by some people that write some of these formulaic parenting must-follow books. Uh, one said, proper training always works with every child. Amen. Very, very dogmatic statements there. One expert writes... Children are like bowls of warm molten chocolate. Melted chocolate hardens into whatever shape it is dispensed into. If I tipped a bowl of melted chocolate onto the floor without a mold, I would have a waste. Wasteful, purposeless mess. If I pour the chocolate purposefully into a God-shaped mold, I will have helped make something worth raving about. There is so much wrong with that statement right there. So much wrong. Number one, okay, um, the fact that your child is, this is some kind of B.F. Skinner behavioristic psychology 
mumbo jumbo that says if we just do this and we put them in this mold, then they'll turn out this way. That is not biblical whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is not the case. the The other thing is like, okay, our children are supposed to be some type of point of shame or pride. That's right. No, no, we are stewards. We are stewards that God has given us this time to use for him. They, they belong to God. One expert claims the training base we have described provides the certainty of a thriving garden of children. That provides the certainty. How can you make these types of claims? The same expert also admits not all homeschoolers become success stories. A few fail to measure up fully while a small percentage fail miserably. Not all homeschool families create themselves equally. Homeschool children are the product of their parents and the culture they provide. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought you said that it um, provides a certainty of a thriving garden of children. Those parents just weren't holy enough, that's why, John. And And you know what it screams to me, James? It screams to me the same type of health, wealth, name it, claim it, prosperity gospel type of thing. If you have faith, God will heal you from that cancer. And if you die from that cancer, who's the the problem with? You didn't get it Not what I said. It's the problems with you. You didn't do it right. It's like the people that take up the snake handling. It's like, I can handle this snake. If I get bit, I will be fine. But if I have sin in my life, then I'll die. Yeah. No, you got you die because you got bit by a rattlesnake, you dumbo. Yeah. All right, maybe John, I'm a little bit. Maybe John, you said that one story about health and wealth, and it was a, a true story here in the county. Um, one of my good friends was telling me about it, and he said that a lady had gotten cancer, and she was watching some TV evangelist, and he said, "If you give such amount of money to me, then I'll heal all of your your problems over over the over TV." And so they were very poor. They didn't have a lot of money. And she began to spend all of their money to make these donations to his ministry. And she died before she, I think it was like $5,000 she had to give in order to be healed. She didn't give all that $5,000 and she died. Well, her husband called this guy and said, hey, my my wife died. She gave all this money. And he said, well, the reason she died is because she didn't give all the money. If she would have given all 5,000, she would have lived. But because mm. she didn't, she, this is the type of formulas that they say here in these books is you have to do these things or, you know, so then he, the guy didn't even have the money for, for a grave fight, a grave plot. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was such a horrible situation. But that is where some of these books and, and they begin to make these super dogmatic statements of saying, do these seven things and your kids turn out perfect. Mm-hmm. And you and me both know no. we've been around the people who have done these seven things and their kids still turn out bad because they make their choices, man. So, and then sometimes so John, you, got kids, you got kids ra- being raised in, in some of the awfulest situations and God really just pulls them out of there and creates a, a life that is pleasing to him. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 they're, 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 one of the things, the things that a lot of these formulas are just absolutely forgetting is the grace of God. Yeah. And really God altogether. So we want to transition now to um, just going over these. Uh, Jim Neuheiser uh, writes about these nine points of legalism 
when it comes to the uh, parenting formulas. So uh, the first one he explains, legalism involves going beyond the scriptures. I think we've established that a lot in this podcast. So let's go to number two. Very important to distinguish between what scripture commands versus one of the many possible ways to fulfill our responsibilities to God. Absolutely. That's, that's, uh, that's excellent. Yeah, scripture commands us to love our kids and to show them Jesus. As John mentioned earlier, love your wife in front of your kids. Show Jesus in front of them. Show what grace looks like. Be a, uh, really over the last couple of years began this, this process in my mind of Jesus, how he discipled his disciples. He walked with them. He lived with them. He did everything with them. He modeled to them how they should live their life for three and a half years and then said, go turn the world upside down. And I've really began this, this process in my mind as a pastor of saying, am I modeling to my kids how they should live their life for Jesus? Am I modeling what Jesus did in front of them? And I really believe that the more we model Jesus to our kids, the more they see us loving our wives, the more they see us loving Scripture, loving the Word of God, loving to pray, praying with their kids, the more they will begin to have this relationship with Jesus that they're going to love and honor Him as well. But when we don't model that, they're not going to see that. They're not going to know what true Christianity is because they're, we're not modeling. And it's just a small way of just living life with Jesus on purpose in front of them. But even modeling that is not a guarantee. It's not. It is not. Even modeling that is not a guarantee. And uh, one of the twelve decided to, to betray Jesus, and exactly, he spent three years. Exactly. Exactly. Jesus. So even Jesus the modeled Jesus. Of Jesus. Yeah. So I mean, you're not going to have a guarantee, but he had a eleven of twelve there, uh, and so in my mind, I'm just going to do everything I can to point my kids to Jesus. Show them Jesus and love Jesus in front of them and love their wife in front of them, love my wife in front of them as well. So it's a small model. I'm not saying everybody's gonna that's gonna work right for everybody, but in my in my life, in my where I'm at right now, the the command versus possible ways, that's one of the possible ways in my mind exactly. to fulfill the role that God has given me. So does Ephesians six says to train uh, to um bring your children in the nourishment and ad- admonition of the Lord. Okay. But some may say, well, I'm going to nourish and admonish my kids by doing um, family devotions with them at breakfast time every single day, okay? But does that mean that everybody, the only way to nourish and admonish your kids is devotions at family breakfast time every single day? No, no. I mean, you could nourish and admonish your kids in many different ways. But the thing is that you need to be nourishing and admonishing your kids in the Lord, Okay. Uh, and, and the thing is, is a lot of these things tell us you must be doing this every single day at breakfast time with your kids and that kind of thing. Number three, the biblical commands concerning child training are quite basic. We as parents are then called to work out the specifics on our own situation. That's sort of what you were just getting at. Um, you know, yeah. uh, some may do it this way, but your modeling in front of yours is, is, of your kids is, is one of your ways that you're, you're carrying that out. Uh, number four. Some make their particular methodology law while failing to acknowledge that others' approach are equally valid ways to fulfill basic biblical commands. Yeah. All right. So you and may say is- that you're going to have family <laughs> worship with your kids. Okay. And you say family worship is going to be 
this time, and we are going to uh, read a chapter of Scripture. We're going to sing three hymns. We're going to take prayer requests, and we're going to pray, and each kid must write down their own application from the Scripture reading. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, I mean, there's other ways to do family worship. Yep. And if that works for your family, by all means, do it. But, yeah. And I would go as far as to say, John, uh, this is where I me and my wife have had many conversations about this. Uh, you know, growing up in the, the background we grew up in, a pastor would come in. We had chapel every single day in college. And he would come in and he would say, you know, every morning you got to wake up. And first thing you do when you wake up is hit your knees and begin to pray and, and read a five chapters of Scripture. That's how you're going to be right with God. Next day a guy would come in and, and I'm not joking about this. He would preach, you know, every day at noon, I would, as soon as I meet, you know, I open my Bible and I read three, tra- three verses of, three chapters of Scripture. The next day a guy come in, you know, you want to be right with God every night before you go to bed, you're going to read four chapters of Scripture. And my wife, as, you know, the person who's going to follow what the pastor says, would begin to implement all these things. And it's nothing wrong with implementing all of them, but what it was is they were all saying this is dogmatic ways for your life to be perfect in the morning and middle at night. And what it was is it was good for them. It was a good method, but they began to preach it as law. As law, yeah. And this is where legalism comes in, and even in our parenting, where legalism comes in and we begin to get under this trap, under the yoke of bondage that God has set us free from. Mm-hmm. So, number, number five, five, John. Some believers impose their extra biblical rules and preferences on others. All right, you must feed your kids this. You must not let your kids have this. You can't let your kids play with these types of kids. You know, mm-hmm. and, and they take these preferences. These are things that you've worked out for your own your family you think is going to be the best way to do it, and then you try to get other people to follow exactly what you're doing. Maybe because you read it in a formulaic book, but maybe not. But it becomes a law unto itself that other people must follow. This is a way that legalism is in parenting. Yeah, which leads us right into the next one. Some of the extra biblical rules are traditions that become more important than what Scripture actually teaches. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that you yeah. can't allow your children to partake in this, but yet you're probably neglecting the body of Christ in doing so. Right, right. Or re- not teaching your children grace with other people or even showing grace to other people because they can't do this this, or, or you know, be around this person. Um, <laughs> number seven, some people actually claim divine revelation for their child re- training methods. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. Anytime somebody says, God told me, run for the hills. I don't listen to it. God told me, that's a, that, that, that right there is recipe for cultish behavior. That is, God never told you anything, yep. all right? What he's told you is in Scripture. Right. Yeah. Number eight, what is not biblically mandated is a family choice. And this, and, I, this John, this practice here, I believe it needs to be preached from the hilltops for every single family of every single Marriage, husband, wife, father, son, grandparent. If it's not mandated in Scripture, it's your family's choice. What works well in your family? God has given us that freedom to say, okay, what is going to work best? John, me and John, we we talked through how we were raised. We came from the same church. 
We grew up together in the same uh, nursery. We had the same teachers. We had the same youth people. Okay. And yet John parents different than I parent. Does that mean John's better or more holy than me? No, it works different than his family. <laughs> Maybe sometimes <laughs> it works different than his family in his context because he's got four kids and his wife homeschools and I've got three kids and my wife is a Christian school teacher and we're, he's a senior pastor. I mean, youth, yeah, we, there's different dynamics in what we do and how we manage our family. And it's not mandated in scripture. And so it's our family's choice of how we do it. Right. You may think that a certain program is, is not good for your children or you don't want your children to watch it while other parents may say that that program is completely fine. We don't, we don't mind it. You know, where you draw those lines is the areas of liberty that God has given yeah. you, you to exercise. You may your, decide. Go ahead. You may decide. You may decide to teach your kids some erroneous thought of Calvinism, and you know if, if that's your if that's your parte to to teach your kids that, then that that's on your that's your folly, not mine. Wow! <laughs> wow! Oh. And if oh, and, and then you can teach your children to pray for people that just espouse blasphemy in the middle mm. of their podcast, what? and and pray that they'll come to you know a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ by understanding the you know the saint john calvin no i'm just joking <laughs> i'm just joking <laughs> right, last one number nine uh, i don't number know who's next i'll read it extra biblical formulas often fail to take into account legitimate differences between kids and between families uh, and i think that's one of the things that really gets to sort of the heart of all of this and that's the thing james your kids or even even your son is different than my children. He has a different heart, a different personality, a different bent. But even in that, your son has a different personality than your daughter. And they're going to have different personalities than Hudson. And I think that's one of the cool things that I've found in parenting is that my yeah, oldest absolutely. is different than my middle child and my middle child is different than my younger child. And to sit there and say, even within our own family, to say this is the formula we're doing and it's going to work for every single one? No. There's certain things that I parent this child a little bit different than I parent this child because this works with them, this connects with them, this speaks to them. This right here doesn't, doesn't really get to the heart of the matter with this child over here because they're different. They're different. Yeah. That's exactly right. So we're going we're gonna to summarize and conclude this portion uh, and we're going to finish this up in another episode. So just a couple summarizing statements for this. Parents biblically are responsible to raise their children properly. Fathers or parents do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's what we're given. That is our command, commandment. That's our mandate from Scripture. A lot of things yeah. can fall under there. Next, children are responsible for the choices they make. I think James hit that a little earlier. That, in summary, children are responsible for the choices they make. Guys, it's real easy for us to fall into a guilt, and, and especially parents of adult children. What did I do wrong? I've really messed up. Parent, uh, children are responsible just like we are. We're responsible for our choices. They're responsible That's for the choices that they make. Um, yeah. God's God sovereign is, grace is needed to save our kids. We exactly must right. have God's grace. 
Yeah, that's great. And John, two more statements I'm going to give. Uh, John, does the Bible offer a surefire formula for success in parenting? No. Unequivocally, no. 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 And I think everybody exactly. is like, that's almost a shocking statement to some people because they think that it does. Yeah. And where do they, a lot of that comes from what? Proverbs, train up a child in the way he'll go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. There's a lot of misunderstanding with that verse. And it a lot of it has to do with some of the English translation of that verse. Maybe a, next week, hey, maybe next week we'll start off, we'll start off with a, a quick explanation of Proverbs 22.6 so you understand that that's not a guarantee promise that your kid is going to turn out the way it should. Yeah, I just had a conversation two weeks ago with a lady in our church um, whose son just got sent to jail for the third time for drug abuse. And she told me, she said, Pastor James, she said, I've, I've trained my child up in the way he should go. I just don't understand why he's, 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 he's made these choices. And I said, dear lady saint, I said, it is a recommendation. It is not a guarantee. Well, it's I a said, warning. Warning, recommend. I, I probably used the wrong word there, we'll, but yeah, we'll warning. In, we'll get into that next Man, week. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's um, the last one. And then there, there's no guarantee of success. We are dependent upon God's grace in every way, shape, and form of our life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. We're thankful Guys, for we'll see you next. Next week. next week. Also, we're going to give you some some uh, some resources for this. Well, we're going to link uh, this book, this little mini book. Um, uh, by Jim Neuheiser, parenting is more than a formula in the show notes. And next week we're all talk on this and give you some other uh, decent resources for this. Amen. Till next time, to God be the glory. Found my new name, found that good grace, found that healing, and the tears fell down my face when I found my beginning that has no ending. Found that second chance. Thanks for listening to the For Freedom Podcast. If you enjoyed the content of the podcast, please do us a favor by liking, subscribing, or sharing the podcast on whatever podcast platform you listen to. 